This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Happy Tuesday, boys and girls. How are you? Welcome into another edition of the Bostonian versus the book. He is Dave Sherapan. I am Matt Peralt. We're here for the next hour plus on the Props YouTube channel, wherever you get your audio podcast. You can watch the video on props.com as well. And Dave, we are here on a big bowl game Tuesday. We've got football going on right now with Houston and Auburn. We've got a bunch of other games going on later today. How are you? Good, man. This is uh, this is a fun day. There's a, there's just so much going on. We got some hockey games coming back. We got uh, NBA full slate. We got bowl games spaced out all day long. Uh, you know, the wife went to work and said, what are you doing today? I said, um, you know, the usual shows and stuff. Well, what about the rest of the day? I'm like, there's a lot of games on today. Um, I'll be watching football. She's like, on a Tuesday? Yeah, on a Tuesday. It's a big week. I mean, there's a lot of games to get into. There's a lot of playoff talk to get into. A lot of, uh, as you mentioned, COVID conversations with the NHL and the NBA to get into. We've got the bet it or book it segment coming up later on. I'll give Dave my place for today. He can tell me whether he likes it or not, but let's go back to start to last night and man alive. Ian book. Dave was bad. Worse than I thought he was going to be. I he mean, was bad. Did you see, I saw this morning, there's a stat, uh, Notre Dame quarterbacks. Owen 25 in their last 25 games started. Yeah. Um, I don't 2014. know. 2014 was the last time a Notre Dame quarterback won a game in the NFL. That's ridiculous. But, but I mean, we talked about it and going against a, a first time starter has been a long betting trend that, that has had a lot of success. Um, did it feel like to you watching that game that at some point, like the guys on the saints were like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? It just felt like as it got to be, I think it was 20 to three and Either everybody was just like, okay, you know what? I'm done. Like, I he ain't calling the right plays. We ain't running the right things. I ain't giving this guy a shot. I mean, at some point, you almost wanted them to say, like, just throw Bortles in there. I mean, how bad could it be? Like, I stopped watching it when it got to 20 to 3 because I was like, I don't think the Saints are going to score. It was infuriating to be on a plus nine teaser. I mean, the, we, <laughs> we knew the under was good. Like, that was right. that that was good. Yeah. But – the pick six to start the game was really bad, but it was a tipped ball. I couldn't figure out watching because I had two Alvin Kamara props, both receiving and rushing. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out. He wound up with 52 yards rushing. So two and a half yards short of the rushing prop. And then he was about 10 yards short of the receiving prop. He drops a ball late that if he catches it, he turns and runs for 20. And that prop would have got there. It was a bad throw, but he still dropped it. Right. How do you go into a game knowing you have a quarterback who is mobile and you don't have any designed runs in the playbook and 
you don't run screen passes at all in any form or fashion to any player, whether it be a tight end or a receiver running back, whatever. I couldn't figure it out. He was having Ian book drop back. Like it was Jameis Winston. <laughs> like I was like, what are you doing? Like you, do you know you have a fourth string quarterback in there and you're having this guy draw back. He doesn't have Michael Thomas out there. He's got Callaway. I mean, he, I could not figure out the game plan. And I know you can say, well, the dolphins knew what was going to come. Okay, well, get creative, figure out different ways to get the ball. And then when he did run the football with Alvin Kamara, did you get the feeling that he didn't want to be there? He's either hurt or he doesn't want to play for this team anymore because he was running straight into the line (laughs) where he could have bounced into the outside. And he did it a couple of times. It picked up like 15 yards. And I kept on going, why are you running straight into the line every time for two yards? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me the way he was running. And I, I mean, I, I was like, even when he ran, it was like 50%. It wasn't. And then he had that one long run on third down where he finally exploded. And I was like, where has that been all game? That was a very weird performance for the best player on the Saints. You just wonder, I mean, I've been in those situations, even coaching, like when something bad happens early, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails. Like in hockey, when the goalie would give up a bad goal, it's like you can feel the bench deflate. Maybe the pick six just like they were like, oh, here we go. And then as far as the game plan, not knowing he was going to be the quarterback until that quick, do you change a lot of the plays and mess everyone else up? Or do you take the plays that everyone else knows and say, all right, book, learn these you know, dozen plays. These are what we're going to call and keep it the same. You know, for the team, you want to be creative and you want to like institute some new things, but you don't have enough time to do it. And the team's like, man, I I, I ain't going to learn. I don't know. I, I Just watching it, though, like it looked like two different teams. It felt like a college game where one team just had that many better players and knew every play that the other team was going to run. And it's not. It's the NFL. And it's the Dolphins. It's not like it's, it's you know, a really good team. Not to take any thing from the Dolphins. But, I mean, they look like they have been world beaters all season, the way they played that game. And I think we can get kind of misled with, you know, that result. Both sides. I mean, they got no shot with book at quarterback. That's clear for the Saints. Um, I just saw the question pop up on the graphics. Are the Dolphins a real threat in the AFC? Are you going to tell me yes? It's all no. smoke and mirrors. <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors. I'm sorry. It's all smoke and mirrors. Oh. I mean, this this team is, I mean, look, they've won seven in a row. So you have to give them credit. Okay. First time first... in history, a team's yep. lost seven in a row, won seven in a row. I mean, there's not, I yep. mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, it's nothing to sneeze at, but Tua is still not a very good quarterback. Okay. I mean, he is a serviceable quarterback, but I wouldn't be building my franchise around him. If I was going through a list of quarterbacks who I would take over him to start a franchise who are current starting quarterbacks in the NFL, the list would be long before I got to Tua as to where he is. I just, I, don't understand the two truthers that are out there. There are people who think this dude's going to be unbelievable. I think he can play the position. Okay. That's about as complimentary as I can be to him. He can play the position. He is a starting quarterback in the NFL, which is, you know, there's 32 jobs in the league and he should have one of them. Where is he on the pecking order? Not that high in my mind in terms of middle? quarterbacks. I mean, he's probably top 20. 
Okay. At tw- at number twenty, I, I probably come up, come up with nineteen different quarterbacks. I would take over him. What do moment. you have? What well, I mean, because like I think for the team, he fits the team, and obviously Flores believes in him because he keeps to trucking him out there. Right. He might be over the top with it, but at the same time, what doesn't he do that makes you go? He's not there and he's not a guy you want to build around. It's his second year. Every game he has throws that you go, what in the world were you looking at? He throws too quick. He has happy feet. He's injury prone and he is extraordinarily interception prone. Like he is a walking interception in my mind. And you know how I feel about Josh Allen. I mean, like he's a worse out. He's a worse version of Josh Allen in a lot of ways to me. Like he just makes those throws. You're like, oh my, you wait every game. When will Tua throw the pick? When will he have the big brain fart and he turn was, the ball over? In game yesterday, he was plus 350 to throw a pick in the second quarter. I was on in wow. showing game live and I was like, boy, they over moved that because the number gets adjusted in the game because of the game script. That's the right. term that everybody's using. So now they're up more. So he's going to throw less. And you, <laughs> you see this number start to get adjusted. I'm like, wait a sec. He's going to throw a pick. Like you just, it's almost a given that every game he's going to throw a pick right now. This is what second year quarterbacks do. And he has a tendency to do it more. And I don't know. I've, I've, I've said this for years. And I mean, like, you know, my one daughter middle can say Kelsey's lefty. The ball coming out of a left-hander, it's different. It's just I play catch with her and I tease her. I'm like, you throw a curveball, you don't even realize you do it. So it just comes off differently. Um, you see a lot of like balls go off his receiver's hands and tip up or stuff. It happens all the time. But, yeah, he, he threw a pick at plus 350 was the number. I think for this year, this team, it worked last year as well. He's the right quarterback right now. Now, whether he's the right quarterback next year, all this other stuff, like, I don't know. Are they a real threat in the AFC? I mean, if they make it, I don't know if they're going to make it. I, I think they're going to lose this week to Tennessee. I mean, I yeah, that that that, that I do agree with. I, I think they're going to lose this week. I think the Titans give me the best number I can get on the Titans. Um, you know, give me points. You know, give me minus two, minus one, you know, give me something low. But ain't going below three. Probably not now. No. But I, I I love the Titans this weekend. And look, these are the quarterbacks that the Dolphins have faced. Okay. Tyrod Taylor, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, Ian Book. Ooh. That's a Lamar Jackson. Okay. Look, <laughs> said that yesterday. Now that I see it in the graphic, that's bad. I'll give you Lamar. Okay. But yeah. anybody else on that list make you go, uh oh. <laughs> Naughty. I mean, like 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah. There's you nobody know. on that list that even closely, I mean, not even closely makes you feel like, all right, that's a good win. Joe like Flacco won a Super Bowl, by the way. Cam Newton went, went to a Super Bowl 10 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh man. 10 years ago. It's so so you're saying that um you're not buying anything. Do you think Miami makes the playoffs? No. I don't think they do either. I think they lose out. Whoa. They got Tennessee this week. Who they got next week? Patriots. In Miami. Nope. 
Will the game mean anything to them? It might mean something to the, to, to the Dolphins. We don't know it's going to mean something to the Dolphins. Right. It, might mean, it okay. might mean something. Okay. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely don't think they win this week. If they go to Tennessee and win this week, that looking at the slate of games, I think would be of all the games that are between teams that are playing for something, that one would surprise me. That one would actually kind of prove to me that they are uh, a possible threat of winning a game. They're not winning three games on the road. There's no way. They're not, I mean, like, they're not a no. Super Bowl bet. They're not even, I don't think they're an AFC championship bet. But if they go and beat Tennessee this week, they're very live to get in. And then if they get in, one gamer against somebody maybe win, but not back to back weeks. All right. So let's move to the Cardinals here for a second. Mm. And let's talk a little bit about where we are here with Arizona. If you're a Cardinals fan, how worried should you be? at your team right now, where the team is and the way the team is performing and just what they've looked like over the last couple of weeks. They were at one point, one of the odds on favorites to win the whole darn thing. And here they are now scuffling along at 10 and five. They're in the playoffs. We know that, but they've lost three games in a row and they're three and four at home. How do you feel about the Cardinals? It took me forever to even say the Cardinals were even a good team. I, I thought they were playing so above expectations early, and they were healthy. Obviously, without Hopkins in, the offense is different. And then, I mean, that's one guy, but it, it, it affects everything else they're doing. And then, I mean, dare I say, J.J. Watt is still an impactful player. I mean, when he went out, the defense kind of went, you know, a little bit south. And now, I mean, concerned? I they're in the playoffs. Yes. Do you think they're going to win a game? I don't. I, I, I don't think they win. I mean, unless they get the perfect matchup and I mean, home or away, they're better away. I don't know yeah, if they, they need to be at home. I mean, they're just a better away team. They have been all season um, concerned. I, I don't know. Again, like you've said it a couple times to me this season with the Patriots, when your expectations weren't Super Bowl, and then they're legitimately talked about as being the number one seed and being the contender and stuff. You keeping it real or like, hey, like we're we're not on house money, but like slow your roll. We're not we're not there yet. I think Arizona fans kind of got to be in that same boat, right? Like they got to be like, all right, we got to chill out here. Obviously, something's you know not right. I mean, the questions about Kingsbury keep coming up. What are we doing? So I don't know. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. So I saw this stat on Twitter today and uh, on, on, on the, the, this graphic. You can't see the whole thing on YouTube, but you can see enough of it. Since Cliff Kingsbury has been the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, in 2019, they opened up 3-3-1, three, three and one, the end of the year 2-7. and seven. In 2020, they opened up 5-2, and two. They ended three and six Oof. in 2021. They opened up seven and zero, oh, and since they're three and five, how are the Cardinals not a fade the rest of the year? Well, they have been for a couple of weeks. I mean, there's only two games left. We might be a little bit late, but um, I mean, the Cowboys might spank them. 
the Cowboys might spank them. The Cowboys might very well the, spank. The them. line is five, and I was trying to talk myself into liking the Cardinals this week. I know, and then I and then I started looking at the numbers for Dak Prescott at home, and I was like, oh, uh oh, like no, yeah. <laughs> like there are some real big big warning signs here for the Cliff Kingsbury led Cardinals and our friend Doc who was in Arizona ah, dropped my phone on the live chat said, I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm insanely worried. Kingsbury effect, legit chance to go. Oh, and six, including a playoff game to end the year. <laughs> Cardinals fans are yes. not excited about doc this. is a realistic Cardinals fan though. Like that, that is, that is legit. I think I, if you ask, I think that would actually be the more reasonable or common theme right now. It's definitely areas of concern. Um, it's I, I, they're not going to Dallas and winning, are they? Can they I don't cover? See it. I, don't I don't think know. they can. I don't. I mean, I uh, not right now. This isn't the game Dallas is going to lose. I mean, but could could Arizona keep it close and then lose a, a field goal game? I how at home? I don't know. I mean, that's I, I hate the number. I hate five. But that's it, Murray. Okay, Murray's quarterback rating QBR without DeAndre Hopkins is 13 points lower. Okay. When he's not out there, it changes everything. And they're getting some guys back that do help. I get it. They'll have some receivers coming back. They should help the offense a little bit against Dallas. And I do think that you can throw the ball on Dallas. And I know Diggs gets all the attention. We talked about it yesterday that like everyone loves saying 11 interception, but nobody talks about the fact that he gets burned like twice a game over the top. So like maybe a Christian Kirk, maybe it's an Ertz game. Maybe that there's a chance to move the football. You know, you're going to get probably James Conner back. So you have him back, which is a big weapon, obviously, to have for this offense. But I'm not going to look at this defense for the Cardinals and be like, yeah, they're going to stop this Cowboy offense now. And this is where if they lose the game and they go to 10 and six, all of a sudden the Rams are live to win the division. And it's like, wow, this was I mean, they're one in one against each other. And now you could have a, you know, a Rams team. That if they win this week, they're 12 and four. If the Cardinals lose, it's 10 and six. It's over, right? They win the yep. division. The Rams, yep. the Rams win the division. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there were some numbers earlier in the year that I was seeing. It was plus 400, plus 500 for the Rams to win the West. Like it looked like it was a long shot. Yep. And now here comes the tank and the bottom is falling out of this Cardinals team once again. And I don't know what to make of it. Like, I don't know if, if Kingsbury is a genius in September when everybody else is figuring things out. Because he, he's the anti-Belichick. I mean, like, Belichick says November, December, January is when we're playing our best football. The Cardinals play their best football in September and October. Yeah, they they do under him. You're right. Uh, I'm not looking. I mean, you're right. After a performance like Dallas in that game and scoring all those points, historically, you I mean, in the book, you're always looking at go against them the next week. I mean, it's, and just, it's Cowboys because the numbers juiced anyway, because it's the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, so, so them at point, home point and a big number, um, but five is, if five is the, the perfect number for the book, like, it's just like, all right, we'll put it up. We'll see who's going to do it. You know, who's going to play anything. And so far, nobody's done anything with it. And again, we might have to wait because there's all these, you know, things coming out with other teams and, you know, be COVID related protocols, injuries, all this other stuff. There's a lot of questions with Arizona, and I don't think anything's going to be answered today. We might have a clearer picture by Friday, 
I don't know. But I mean, if you were, if we were to do better to book it right now on that game and you told me you had Dallas, I would bet it. I, I wouldn't, I would not want five. I think we maybe would look to get more. Um, and I think uh, maybe it's going up. I mean, it might be going up. Well, if it goes to six, that Matt wants to know your opinion. If it goes to six, is a is it a, te- a teaser leg option where you pull it down if it does get to six? Uh yeah, it could be. I mean, it will be. Dallas is going to be one of the biggest tease sides of the week, um, without a doubt. I mean, what if you could get Dallas just to win a game at home right now? Mm. The way they're playing on both sides of the ball. I mean, it's time. And again, I think I was late to kind of adjust and things like I mean, is Dallas's defense good? I mean, Micah Parsons is good. I don't know. They, they they're making plays. Good against team. whom? Again, right. You can only beat the teams on your schedule. So, so like I don't if know. you play if you play Rodgers, Brady with a healthy Bucks team, you put up you put this defense up against a legitimate quarterback. Who's gonna feel- exploit some weaknesses. Yeah. Yes. Are you feel I are you feeling good about this Dallas's this no. Dallas defense? No, I'm not, not at all. I'm no. not. No. I mean, I I don't I don't put them up, but it might be time to give them a little more credit than I've been giving it. I've been kind of dismissing them as being not um well, look, I will I'll give them above this. Okay. middle ground. Yeah. I'll give them this. They have a plus uh 150 point differential. Yeah. They they've scored 457 points. They've only given up 307 points. That's the fewest number of points given up uh in the uh, Seattle's at 307, the Saints are at 305, but it's one of the fewest in the NFC for points given up. So points scored. Where does the point scored rank? Uh number one. Yeah, in, in the NFL. My, in the NFL. Yeah. Number yeah, one scoring. They put up some NFL. big numbers. I mean now you, know. you got to remember what they just did, though. Okay. Yeah. Big blow so up. They did they just put up 56 yeah. in yeah. one game. So right. you know, they, they put up 43 against the Falcons. They put up 56 against against Washington. So right there, it's you know, that's 89 99. points. 99. 56. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry. 99. And they scored 33 against the Raiders. So in, in those three yeah. games, 44 against lost. the Giants yeah. and lost, but 44 against the Giants. So yeah. like they've had big games with yeah. big numbers that kind of puts this skew. Skews it. Yeah. Where yeah. it's not like they're not consistently scoring 35 points a game. Uh, so if, if you're looking at, you know, they won four games in a row, they scored 27, 27, 21, 56. But their defense, Saints, Washington, Giants, Washington, you know, no real dangerous quarterback at all. I mean, Taylor Heineke is decent, but those offenses are terrible, though. Yeah. I mean, most of most of those offenses that's four are terrible. the worst. Like that's three of the bottom five yeah. offenses and, in the league. And I will say this. If the Cardinals, who with their backs against the wall, the Cardinals only score 17 points against Dallas. I'll stop talking about the Dallas defense. I'll say, all right, I'll buy it because that's a legitimate offense with a legitimate quarterback who's mobile, can can move, can run, pick up first downs, can exploit weaknesses, and they'll have weapons. They'll they'll have they'll have enough weapons to do damage against Dallas. So if you hold them to 17 points or less, I'll tip my cap and say, okay, Dallas's defense is for real. Okay, Um, yeah, if they you're you're right. If they hold them to under 20, uh, but I I mean they can win the game 27 to 20. Like that's Dallas. 
Dallas can uh, cover giving up 20 points. Yeah. Um, hey, breaking news. Uh, we now know why the line move went from nine to five and a half for the Colts and the uh, Raiders. Carson Wentz. COVID. Oh, Carson. Carson Wentz is going to miss this game. On Sunday. There you go. Who's the backup? Uh, who is the backup? Um, I don't know off the top see. of my head. So Wentz is because 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 Wentz is unvaccinated. Okay, okay. So let me just do a quick soapbox and just I know people are going to hate me for this, but listen to me. As a quarterback, being unvaccinated was one of the worst decisions any quarterback could have made in the NFL because of what the rules stated. Carson Wentz is out ten days minimum. He's out. Carson Wentz is going to be away from this team for a week and a half when they have to win. <laughs> this is a must win game. Colts have to win this game and they will not have Carson Wentz not for this game. And he cannot return to the team until 10 days from now. So that's what uh, he's on the list today on December the 28th. So okay. 10, 10 days from now will be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, next nine, Thursday. 10. Next Thursday, he'll be back. Right. For a game on Sunday. So he will miss all that prep time, all that practice time. He'll miss heading into a week 18 game that might actually matter for this team. At Jacksonville. At Jacksonville. Okay. That's easy. But I mean, right. Yeah. Right. Jacksonville has been out of it for a while and they've been playing hard. So they would love to keep, you know, a team in their division out. It would be great to get a you know feather in their cap and let's you know it's it's their playoff game essentially. Yep. I mean, this is as a quarterback being unvaccinated, which is so given the rules, so dumb, just so dumb to do that. I mean, that's ugh. So the Raiders are going to be a really popular. I mean, oh, they see. already are. Did Fanduel <laughs> played? <laughs> yeah, so it's locked. FanDuel locked this game now. So we'll yeah. see what happened when they repost it. We'll see what the what the number comes. It was nine this morning. It had come down to five and a half. And because this news started to leak out that Wentz had it. And now they are two and a half point favorites at points bet. Who's so the, from n- who's nine to two and a half. Who's the backup? Uh, you can find see. this information yep. out right. I'll find a depth chart behind the backup for Carson Wentz. It's Sam Ellinger, quarterback from Texas, rookie. <laughs> so Jonathan Taylor, if you go ahead and want to win the MVP, this is where you bet Jonathan Taylor right now to win the MVP. And if Jonathan Taylor rushes for 150 yards well, and three wait. touchdowns, what you said this before about other quarterbacks, how does no one else get it? What do you like mean? The MVP? Co- no COVID. Oh, he well, got it. He's been handing yeah. a ball off. He's been around these guys. Like, isn't someone else going to get it? Like, is yeah, it yeah, pro- yeah. I mean, I could easily see Jonathan Taylor getting testing positive. We'll see how many other Colts players are unvaccinated. We just know that. Um, wow. So let's see. Greg Doyle, who I can't stand, is, is writes for the Indianapolis Star. Uh, he is reporting that it's running through the locker room. Oh boy. So it's, uh, oh boy. And he wrote back, you know, he wrote a while ago, what happens if Carson Wentz tests positive? So Wentz is on the, is out 10 days. Circa Sports just went up with two and a half, two and a half minus 120 at Circa. Yeah. What under so, yeah. so Wentz is out. And now we'll look and see how many other players. <laughs> 
are are are, are going to have it. And I, I mean, <sighs> if you're Frank Reich and, and, and like you know that you're in a race here, the Titans are, are the, the Titans are they got a game up on you. And if the Titans win this game against the Dolphins this coming weekend, I mean, you lose to the Raiders. That's it. They win the division. And now you're really concerned and you're having to wonder, are you going to actually make the postseason? They go nine and eight. They lose the next two weeks. Not saying they lose to Jacksonville, but if they were to lose the next two weeks, you know, Colts are most likely out of the playoffs. Yeah, I I don't know if nine and eight is going to be enough. Uh, I think it may be a tiebreaker move. Yeah. I think Steve Karnacki put them at thir- at at thirty percent to win to, to get to the playoffs before the game on Sunday night. So like Raiders at home at the Jaguars these last two. Well, I mean they were I mean they were almost a hundred percent based on full you know roster seven point favorites this week and double digit favorites next week. Supposed to win both games Easily. and they win both games. They're in the playoffs whether right. they win a division or not, like they're in the playoffs if they win both games. So now this puts that at complete risk. Um, but they're I mean, the, they're, they're the five seed right now. Yeah. They've got the tie break on the Patriots. Right. So the Raiders are eight and seven. The Raiders win. They go to nine and seven and they'll have the tiebreaker over the Colts. Over the Colts. Who yeah. will drop to nine and seven. Patriots will have Jacksonville. Patriots are going to win that game and go 10 and six and clinch a playoff spot. So the Patriots are going to take one of the wild card spots. And then you've got the chargers and the dolphins at eight and seven who are still, you know, Raven tiebreak Steelers, which is crazy. <laughs> They're still alive. Technically the dolphins. the dolphins are in a good spot. I mean, the dolphins right now, just given a look at the, at the breakout as to where the divisions are and where the teams are. I mean, that game, the Patriots may have a shot to keep them out. If they're nine and seven, correct. correct. The Patriots may have a chance to knock Miami and knock Brian Flores out, which you wonder what Belichick's opinion would be on that. My guess is he'd go full bore on this. I'm so. a, I'm never a fan of allowing a team in by mailing in the game at the end. It never it, what does it benefit you? Like well, you rest. It, I understand. You get it. You get a what week if of you rest. gotta play them again? I mean, this happened yeah. a couple of years ago where the Steelers and the Browns played the last week of the season, and then they played in the first round of the playoffs, and it was a preseason game. It was silly, um, you know. And obviously, we'll tell everybody take the dog in that situation. Just take right. the points because we used to make those numbers and like just say keep it as low as possible and let them bet the favorite because we wanted to need the dog. I mean, that's the way I book the games anyway all the time, which try to need the dog in most situations. But I don't know, like, if if New England is playing, I guess if they can't change their spot, if they know they're in the five spot and they know their opponent and winning or losing won't change it, they will mail it in. But, man, you give a team momentum like that, I'd rather just beat them last week and then not have to worry about them anymore. How would you – let me see here. Um, I'm trying to see the odds. Does anybody have odds up for the Raiders to make the playoffs? Yeah, I, see. I, I don't right see now. it at Fanduel. But do you know have any odds on the Raiders to make the playoffs? Because that that feels like an interesting wager right now. Because a lot of things are falling the Raiders' way right now. I mean, they're catching break 
after break after break. And they may have a shot to get in here. I mean, they may. Raiders are live to make the playoffs <laughs> if they win this game on the road. I mean, I mean, Sam Ellinger is like Ian book level bad. Like, I, I mean, we, we watch him, he's pretty bad. I mean, he's I watch him in the preseason a little bit. He's it's a pretty far drop off. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a cliff, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> like it's it's Ellinger's going to hand the ball off 100 times to Jonathan Taylor, which Okay. I mean, again, you want to bet on Taylor to win the MVP, right? This is, this is the time to bet on, on him on the MVP right now before those line before that number moves. There's no, I can't find any. I looked at a couple okay. different places. Um, Taylor is seven, being adjusted right now. Taylor is seven to one right now at FanDuel to win the MVP. So if he carries his team for two weeks, Runs the ball back award. How does it is win? It's just it's mean, Rogers. I mean, it's not that Rod- it shouldn't win. It just they don't vote for him. Uh, Rogers is minus one seventy five. Brady is seven to one. Taylor seven to one. I mean, it's a monster difference. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has a huge lead right now. How about to- this? I was on a show uh, yesterday. Or, no, last week. Do you know in nineteen eighty two, Mark Mosley won the NFL MVP award. He was a kicker. He was a kicker. Now I was five, so I was young. But in '82, a kicker won the MVP. It was a strike. It was the strike year. Uh, they only played nine games because we were like, "When's the last time a non-quarterback won?" You know. So he was scrolling back through it. My buddy Kevin Walsh and Tony Wrightside and I were on the radio, right. and he goes, "Mark Mosley." I'm like, "Mark Mosley was a kicker. He was a straight-on kicker. One of the Tough. old school kickers. He had kicked it with his toe straight on." For, you know, for the Redskins. And it was like, what? How did that happen? So I went back and researched. I'm like, oh, it was a strike year. And they voted, oh, just voted for the kicker. So it would be fun if Taylor won. I mean, if he's earned it, he's, I mean, he's earned it. He's, he's, he's been the best player in the NFL. And now we're going to see how important he is to the Colts because it's going to be like, hey, JT, we're giving you the rock, man. You know, you get get some extra work in this week because, or get some extra rest. Yeah. Because Sunday, you're 30 carries. No matter how the game goes, we're running the ball, which is okay, right? Yeah. Fandle has now gone to three already. So Colts are back up to three. All right. 42 and a half from a total. Under looked attractive, does it not? Uh, It did. 42 in in a Raider game. The last couple of games, though, have been unders, but they've played teams that don't have good offenses in Denver and Cleveland. I don't know. My first thought is, yeah, probably under, but we don't know all the information. <laughs> interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, that takes us to this question. Eagles have eight players on COVID. They're now splitting their quarterbacks and keeping oh. them separate from each other. Oh, really? They're not going to allow them to interact with each other. They're going to be separated. Is this a trend we'll see more? You think teams are going to have to do invasive, you know, invasive action here when it comes to keeping their quarterbacks healthy? Carson Wentz is out now. Oh, man, what are we doing? I mean, yeah, I guess so. You got to do whatever works for you. Um, you know, you you lived it in the house. I mean, you had to live separately in the house. 
with your spouse and your kid. Like didn't so, work, but we tried. <laughs> right. I mean, so I mean, uh, I guess you got to try it. You got to give yourself every shot if you're the Eagles right now, right? You can't let COVID take you out. If you go and lose a game, okay. But I mean, they got at Washington, which again, I cannot understand this line. Like you, you want to talk about if you were betting or booking it. I think this yeah. might be a, a B squared play. Talk he, for a second. I'll be right back. Talk for a okay. second. Right. All right. He's going. He's leaving me alone on my own here right now. So those of you watching the show, uh, just going to talk about, I guess, what quarterbacks are going to be separated during the week so we could play the games on Sunday. Man, that's bizarre to me. But this is that year where things are just different. Um, I, I mean, this would be one of those ones where we'd be in the risk room and like in separate rooms booking the games. I don't know. I just don't. I, I don't know where all this is going, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing, bad thing. That was the question. I don't know if you guys think it's a good thing or bad thing, but I mean, at what point does that change? The goalies in an NHL, separate rooms, separate areas. I mean, everybody practices together. You ride the bus together. Everything's done together in these sports. Sorry, that's okay. If I did, if I did, if I did not go to the bathroom there, I was gonna pop. Really, I had to pee in a very bad way. So sorry. <laughs> I, I was trying to. I was like, if I could, I was like, can I make twenty more minutes? It's like, no, no, can't, 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 can't make twenty more minutes. So right. well, it's a problem without. We, we we don't have breaks anymore. We don't have commercials. We don't have breaks. We don't have anything right now. So mm-hmm. we got to keep talking. So it's I was just like, talking hey. to the people listening about how you said you know quarterbacks being separated. Like, at what point do we see this? Like, I, I was thinking about being in a risk room like the big like in the book we had a big room everybody was together and if this started to happen in there it would be like all right we got to peace out like you sit in the other auxiliary office and i'll sit in here and like keeping everything separate that'd be hard and like you go to hockey games your hockey teams we got to keep the goalie separate i mean a goalie gets sick i mean the goalies are all together everything you do is together right Everything you do is together with your line mates. Your line mates become your siblings when you're, when, when, you know, on on the teams. Like, so I don't know. I I I I don't want to see it. I just want at some point where we can just again focus on the games. And now we're coming down to the most important games of the NFL season. Not all of them, but some of them. And we got a quarterback out and a line move of again. It was open as high as nine. It's down two and a half, three. It's going to settle right around three because you know you can get the bet at two and a half anytime you want. Just drop it below three, take a bet on the Colts. But the Raiders, people that got, you know, eight, seven and a half, seven, pretty happy right now. You know, it's interesting because every team's going to have to address this in their own way. But I think we're going to learn a lot this week about the college football playoffs. And We've seen some pretty aggressive moves being made by Georgia and Alabama, and they're trying really hard to keep their players safe and, and, and away from COVID and away from testing positive. If we see this with all the ways that college is trying to make it happen, if they can't do it, you have to really wonder what the NFL is going to try to do here. And maybe in the postseason, tell teams you got to isolate like guys, no going out. You want to play in the playoffs? You want to get here? You know, we're locking you down essentially and moving teams 
into, you know, kind of not bubbles per se, but keeping them as far away from other people or going out and whatnot. I mean, it's back to the joke where Joe Burrow was asked about the COVID situation with the Bengals. And he said, well, it's Cincinnati. There's not much to do here. <laughs> well, if you live in Philly or you live in New York or LA, Dallas, there's a lot to do <laughs> and a lot, a lot, you're going out and, you know, you're doing your thing. And I mean, the one thing I would say from a cult perspective is once in the according to our rules, once you test positive, you're not tested again for 90 days. So like the offensive line is done. Wentz will be done. Like, you know, that if you had it run through your team in the regular season, it's not going to run through your team in the postseason. Right. So it gives you a little bit of a, uh, you feel more confident, I guess you say, betting on the Colts in the playoffs because you know that COVID will not impact. I mean, they've lost T.Y. Hilton. They've lost three offensive linemen. They lost a quarterback now. And you're right about wondering about Jonathan Taylor. And if Jonathan Taylor is out, what does the line go to if Taylor is ruled out? I would right. argue that I I mean, you know, and we, we've talked about this in so many times and people talk about it now in the content space. How much is a guy worth? Yeah, I would argue Taylor's worth more than Wentz. Like, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, so, so Wentz is worth six. Initially, I think this is going to come back up. This is okay. I mean, we go. We, we've already established when you said two and a half at Circa. I'm like, ah, it's a, that's the move. And, you know, I turned to the guy. Do you want to go below three or not? Yeah, put a two and a half in juice. See if they'll lay it. So they got two and a half, lay 20. They know they can go get that bet. OK, boom, right yeah. back up to three. OK, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was seven this morning, um, you know, an hour ago. So seven to three is four points, essentially. Um, I, I mean, you can't make the Raiders favorite on the road. Like you can't against Can him against Hine and Ellinger versus Taylor and Wentz. I mean, they just were favored on the road at Cleveland. I guess they could be favored on a road at Indy. That's so hard to believe to me, but I, I guess if it if it takes out all the starters, especially, you know, a guy who legitimately is a position player running back, who's, you know, in the topic for MVP of the league, Maybe, I mean, I I would be looking to bet the Colts if that if if that's the spot. Like, I, I just think that there's just they're too deep, they're too well coached. Like they're too can't make them dogs at home. I, I I wouldn't, but I think the discussion would come up, and I think some books would do it because Jonathan Taylor is that big of a difference maker. Totally agree. I, I we'll watch it in a couple of days. We'll watch and see. What ends up happening? I, I want to ask your opinion of something real, real quick here, because yesterday this grid went around the country. Everybody yeah. in the content space kind of got, got a hold of this grid. I saw it on TikTok of all places. But the pie chart? Yes, the pie chart. The pie that, chart, yes. That three books right now are dominating 75% of all the action. FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM. Yeah. Everyone else is fighting for like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.1. I mean, even some pretty big household names are like 0. 0.5, which yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. across the across the country. Now we're talking about nationwide here. I can't figure out. And when you go to FanDuel and you click on college football for FanDuel, it they've been telling people that they're not going to, and I'll just I'll just post this really fast. People who, who are watching this can kind of understand what I'm talking about because I don't fully understand what's what's going on with this. So 
as, as it says right there in the middle, it's kind of blocked by our logo. Hold on, let me scroll up here a little bit on this. Um, it says right here, if you're watching on, on, on YouTube, it says, please note pregame bets for select NCAA games will not be able to be cashed out during the game. Any thought why that would happen? FanDuel is number one at 38.6%. They are currently the number one sports book in the country, taking the most action. So four out of every 10 bets being made in America right now are being placed with FanDuel. Yep. Why would they eliminate the cash out feature for certain games? What's what's the fear so, there? So there's a there's a lawsuit uh, right now. Somebody is claiming to have the proprietary software to do the cash out function. And huh. they um so that's why. Okay. So when you click on that, I did this. Like when you click on that little disclaimer, it takes you to the house rules straight, the entire list of the house rules. And right at the top of the house rules, there's a little disclaimer. I'm not gonna put it because it's too little. Right. It's a tiny print, but it talks about what FanDuel owns and operates and what they're claiming that they own and operate. I think somebody's, I think somebody's looking at it and I think somebody is, um, is pressing right now that it is a, uh, a copyright violation Now, whether it's a shakedown and they're looking to get paid and then, all right, look, we'll let you use it. You're just going to give us a lot of money. We know how much money you have and how much money you're paying for content and, and you know, everything else. Uh, just give us our money and we'll, and we'll let you use it. Or they have a lawyer who's really pressing this issue. And because they're not the only book to do it. And I heard this last week mentioned, um, I believe it was DraftKings or someone else who were pulling back on offering the cash out. So when you said that to me this morning and I was like, oh, that's why probably um, it's a it's a cool feature. But you play blackjack, right? You've played blackjack in a casino. You have that insurance bet. Be wary of when the casinos offer you something because it's probably not in your best interest financial-wise. It's not always the best deal. It might work for you at the time. Right. And like buying insurance on 20 when they're showing an ace is not always the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, but – you shouldn't insure bad hands ever. And like you shouldn't take payouts, cash outs of bets where you have the best of it. Now, if you need the money or you want to turn it over or you they offer you enough, you take it. I mean, there's no again, the math guys will tell you don't ever take it. But I think the feature is being limited because they don't want any lawyers asking any more questions. But my the reason why I'm bringing this up is because how do you know? Which games will be offering it and which games will not? Is it that? How do you, right? That, how do you how do you know? So if you're placing that bet, and then if you have a parlay going, uh, do parlays yeah. qualify? What if certain games par- are, are qualifying for the cash out feature and certain games are not? Does that void your entire parlay? Are you not able to cash out? Because part of the I think the the, the biggest benefit I think from a cash out feature is uh, you have a six or seven team you know hail mary parlay going. You bet 25 bucks to win a thousand and they're offering you 300 and you can just take it and cash out and go, okay, I'm good. You know, I got six to one on my money and I'm, you know, or more than that, whatever I'm, I'm on the way out. I'm good, you know, and I, I got what I needed. I don't need to go for the full boat. I can cash out after five games or six games. 
but how do I know that's going to be available to me if I'm making these bets on the on bowl games? If I'm you using a game, that it's, sucks. That, I, that really, that's really bad for the customer not to know. It's that. it's horrible for the customer. It is um, it's very disingenuous on the book's part. Um, this used to be one of the biggest things we used to say all the time. I learned this back in Curacao back in the day. Be consistent and be fair. If you're consistent and you're fair, that's all a regular customer wants. Just be consistent and be fair. When the book is not consistent and it leaves the customer with the questions, that's a that's a very legitimate question. I used to have to ask answer this question face-to-face at the counter. You guys offered props on the game last week. Why don't you have a miss week? Uh the guy, the guy's off today that does them like or the software, <laughs> the software doesn't work. Like today, we can't load them, so we don't have them. Well, how would I know that? Like I've been betting them here for three weeks in a row on the Thursday night game, and I came here to bet them again, and you don't have them. Yeah, you know, and then you know, for whatever reason, we would skip two weeks or whatever, and then we would do it again. Inconsistency is one of the worst things that you can have in this business, in a sportsbook business, is is offering something and then not, or offering it and then taking it away without saying why. Because now as the consumer, I already feel, it's like these resort fees, you know, at all these places. When they slide something in on you that's not fair, just tell me up front, we're not doing it anymore. Why? Any answer I give you right now is not going to be sufficient. I'm just telling you, we're not doing it anymore. You get over it. You decide whether you want to take your money and go or you want to keep playing. That's it. That's just be honest and open. In books, one, a big problem is that everybody does it through the app. There's no two-way communication. We've talked about this. We want to change the world. Figure out a way to make a two-way communication device with the app directly to customers. Now, whether it's a blanket, you know, pop-up on a login Okay, but, but if wait. I could message you directly or you could message somebody directly, they do get that, an answer. But they do that. But they on the, they, on but the East Coast, they do that. It's not a consistent response. It's just not here. It's, no. it's not in Vegas. But it, I, mean, no. I, I, I had I had two very long talks with BetMGM people in New Jersey. Via DM. chat? Yes, via chat, going back and forth. They all for like literally like because I could not get them to pay me the money. Like I've talked to them off the air. Right. Like they, they wouldn't right. give me my money. So like I was going like, give me my money. And they, and they were like, well, you need to do this and do that. I'm like, okay, I've done all that. It was still, I kept getting this error message that basically claimed like you, you need to be, you need to, de- to, to withdraw to the same account you deposited. And I said, I'm doing that. And it's, it was kept on claiming error, error, error. Right. So it, was, it was driving me absolutely crazy. I had to, I was on a, two different live chats. I had to email somebody a screenshot that stated that I actually owned my account. And then once they did that, then they manually did it to withdraw, to let me withdraw my account and pull the money to where I was here in Vegas from New Jersey. So it took a long time. It was frustrating, but I was in Jersey does have that live chat feature. And I, I consistent. Correct. Yes. That's the problem. It's like everything else that has live chat. You know, if you have T-Mobile as your, as your customer, as your carrier, you could live chat somebody who's brand new. They're going to give you an answer. And then you could get somebody who's been in it for 10 years and knows all the answers. And you get that miracle person, but then you can't ever get back. So the inconsistency of the answers sometimes is frustrating, but yeah, well, you're right. And I will say this because this is another why I brought it up. Uh, I have been told that 
somebody last time we talked about this, somebody sent me a DM and said, stay tuned. So there is something coming to the marketplace in the near future. It sounds like. Oh, good. To do exactly what you're talking about. The one V one it's, it's kind of a third party. So it's not, yeah. it's not, it's someone associated with the book, Yes, but, but they will have an answer to literally every single question because their job will be to stare at the house rules and stare at the bets and be able to have a proper communication with the customer. When I was in the risk room, customers would call our customer service number or, you know, and get our tech guys. The tech guys knew how to make the app run, but they didn't know the difference between a parlay and a teaser. So they would put the person on hold and come in and to me and say, how do I answer this question? And there were a lot of times I was like, just transfer the call to me. Well, this is our job. I'm like, I understand, but I know that person on the other line wants an answer. They're going to have a follow-up question where you're going to have to put them on hold again and come back in and ask me. If you give it to me, I can answer the question in 30 seconds. When they ask me to follow up, which I already know is coming, I can answer that. They're going to be better off. And I don't even have, I'm not trying to overstep my boundaries. I'm trying to get the problem answered. That's it. And that's all people want. You want to know when you come in or get on your app, this is the games. This is what I can bet. I, I talk about that with the limits too. If I told the sharpest guys in the world that you can bet, a nickel on every single thing I put up, every single thing, props, blah, 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 blah. We're good. That's it. Like they'll know. So they'll be able to work their business consistently and they can count on me consistently. That's all. A nickel is 500 just for those people. Oh yeah. A nickel is 500. Dime is is a thousand. Nickel is 500. Just for the people who might go, what's a nickel, Dave? I don't know what a nickel is. Yeah. That's not true. five cents. He's, he's, right. he's, no, no, no. Right. Five hundred dollars. I take it for granted because I say it every day. But yes, that's exactly what that is. Just be consistent with your answers, your offerings, your limits, and your schedule. Like, be open at the same time every day. I want to know when I log into my app at eight o'clock that I can bet. Some days you're open at nine. Some days you're not open. You're open at seven, and I miss the first number. Be, be consistent. Consistency is huge in this business. Okay. One more thing before we get to bet it yes. or book it here. I, I have not bet this. So I'm curious if what side you like here in yes. this game. I don't think I'm going to bet this game, but it's the biggest game in the NBA tonight. It is. Warriors minus seven up against the Nuggets. Warriors are a whopping 27 and six. Denver's yep. last year's darling is 16 and 16 due to major injury concerns here. But can Denver keep this game close? This is that number that gives me pause when you when yep. you're playing the favorite, right? You just I, I've said this for years. Games in the NBA fall on seven the most. Like seven's a common, you know, an important number in football. It's a it's surprisingly in the NBA, it's it's a very important number when you're laying a favorite or taking a dog. When you get more than seven, there's a little more value there because they stop fouling. And you see a lot of dribble outs and games fall seven, six, seven, or eight all the time. So mm-hmm. being on the right side of that is important. All that being said, who wants to bet against Golden State right now? I 16 mean, sixteen and two at home, by the way. Ah, we're going to take the points. They ain't losing tonight to Denver. Um, I think I'm already, you know, on my odd screen here. It's already ticking up at some books to seven and a half. Um, I think you're going to see this thing go up. 
So if you want to bet Golden State and you want the best number pregame, bet it right now. I can tell you this, you can wait and bet this in-game P Ralt, and you're gonna you're gonna be able to lay less. Yeah. Golden State has been so true to pattern where they don't lead early. And the number, I know because I had to do this in a risk group <laughs> the last year I was working, I was like, don't drop the line too much. Don't drop the line too much because they are the best third quarter team in basketball. Like, and fourth quarter too. They just they run teams out. They they yeah. it's like they know, or they're making tremendous halftime adjustments and getting you know Steph open or whatever whoever's making the shots. Um, I I I like Denver. Um, generally, not tonight. I I wouldn't want that. No way. Yeah, I, I this is an in-game bet for me, 100. percent And, and yeah. I want this down to three if I can get something around three, just because I could see backdoor. And now Fanduel just went to seven and a half, so now everyone's going to seven and a half here. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this game's on primetime, sorry, or on on national TV. NBA yes. TV's got this game. Yeah. The number five and a half for Curry three is just being stapled every game. And he's it going is. five, 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 five. I mean, it's unreal. Yeah. Like it, it, it just, I, I can't actually, be, I mean, it's like, since we started talking about this, I started watching it going like, all right, how many times is Steph going over this? Made threes. <laughs> and it's just not happening. It's like it, the hook <laughs> has been deadly yeah. for this dude. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's almost every time he's going five. I'm like, uh, so let's see for the last Steph Curry going back. Let's see here. Uh, now the numbers. Okay, Last so since games are five, right? Christmas. Well, he had eight against Memphis, but he's had going back to the eleventh of December three five 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 four eight <laughs> five. <laughs> five and a half is a good number, and the public just keeps on betting over. Oh, Steph, give me over, 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 over. And if you had been betting that, I mean, we're going back here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games for Steph Curry made threes. Six. You're one and six. Yeah. Betting this over five and a half. Yeah. You're six and one betting under. I mean, yeah. A lot of these things you've got to bet under. It's not fun, but it's the right side. And it's one of those things. It's just, uh, you know, we call it, you know, just paste the number back up. Put it back. It's five and a half. What's Steph's number? Five and a half. Who's he playing? Doesn't matter. It's five and a half. It's five and a half. You you found the number. Now, what some books have done, and again, I I know this because I'm on the shows later on on SportsGrid. The in-game prop betting is fascinating because if he misses his first three or four threes, that number goes to three and a half, (laughs) and then they juice it all over the place, and then they find a number. All he has to do is get hot. He makes three in a row, the number moves like two. And then he make he misses three in a row, the number moves like two. So it goes from five and a half to three and a half, from five and a half to seven and a half. You can create an in-game prop middle now huh. betting with, you know, you gotta you gotta be careful with the juice because it's it's a unique thing with a lot of these books now that are run by the Euro companies that are moving the numbers. They never go on a whole number. 
So they right. always have a half. Well, yeah, but what FanDuel does is you can bet four or more or five or more made yes. threes. Yes. So Curry, four or more made threes is minus 650. Curry, five or more made threes is minus 230. Can so, you bet the no there? Uh-uh, no. It's just I hate these one-sided markets. I agree. They're awful. It's so bad for the consumer. So consumer. Curry made three or more is minus two thousand. And there's no less. There's only this number or more. So like you can't bet under on this. You can bet under five and a half, and it's minus one twenty-two. So they juice it to the under heavily, but one or more, two or more, three or more, four or more, or five or more made threes for Curry is insane. I mean, one or made threes, it's minus 50,000. Two or more, it's minus 8,000. Three or more, it's minus 2,000. Four or more, it's minus 650. And five or more made threes for Steph Curry is minus 230. I mean, it's just wacko. (laughs) I mean, seriously, like, do you think they're drawing any any action on that like that isn't no. even fun like but you can, par- you can parlay them though so you could potentially oh that's they, they're using them in parlay so you could parlay the made threes together like if you took like curry over three made and then you combined it with like you know Jokic, anything else Jokic rebounds right. or you know anything else you want to get into that's how you do it you just do a five you know hail mary parlay type thing so yeah, they're getting some action, but it's all on me. It's all on the parlays. Oh, on parlays, parlay prop. Yeah, yeah. nobody's it's betting that straight. Like that's just not fun. They, they, no. they, I mean, these bets <laughs> are supposed all. to be fun. They don't have to be for a lot of money. You can bet five and ten dollars and get the same juice from that bet that somebody bets five hundred on a nickel. I mean, it's just it's your units are your units. I mean, there's no unit shaming. I never. I hate people that do that. Yeah. But man, like. It's good that it's automated because if you have to keep coming up with those numbers and then manually, like, you know, we had people that their job was to enter all of these bets manually into the system and then double check them and correct them. And then we would physically be the risk guys to actually go in there and change the odds. Now, a lot of that's automated. That's a lot of stuff with a big minus price. I mean, who who wants to bet that? Minus like, 50,000. What is that? What is you can't that? bet. No. Like, it would be fun. You could take, take plus 50,000 to Curry make zero threes. Hell yeah. That, that'd be a fun bet. And it would be over early because, you know. Sure. But, like, whatever. <laughs> you just, you know, you just go ahead and throw a, you know, a complete Hail Mary type of thing and say, okay, yeah. or under two, under three, you know, something like no, that. No, that would be fun. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's almost like, a, you know, it's a craps table. There's people that bet that don't come. I mean, there's people that bet the other side of all this stuff. I mean, he went three for 14 against the, against Philly back on the 11th of December. So, like, he's had games in this month where he's only hit three. So, you bet under four, under four made threes. Probably, if you're, if you're, if four or made is minus 650, the no four, you know, under four plus should be 450 plus, right? five, plus 500. Right. Something around those lines. Yeah. So, you, that's a fun bet. You go, hey, hey he's going to have an awful shooting night. Denver's defense is going to key in. They're going to take away the three, whatever it might be. That's fun, but the books don't, you know, they don't want to have fun. <laughs> they don't want to make it fun. A lot of times make- it's the system limitation where they come up with these bets and they don't have the other side available. Like it just, you know, and that's one of the unique things about Circa is that they have the no on the opposite sides at all the futures and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that keeps both book and customer honest. You can't offer an egregious price because somebody come in and lay you the no. We used to have then, that all the time happen at CG. 
I mean, every guy's I've had guys come in and lay forty eight thousand dollars to win a thousand on the no. I mean, we had a guy that would come in every year and bet the 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 favorites on the money line in the first game of the NCAA tournament. He bet the one seed on a money line every. You know what he laid? He would lay wow. thirty thousand to win a dime four <laughs> times, if not worse. He never lost, you know, so he was just coming in and earning until Virginia. <laughs> until he, he didn't, he didn't bet those that year. He yeah. that. Smart, smart man. <laughs> yeah. He did not bet them those that year. Maybe we didn't offer them all. I don't know, but yeah. So there's people that'll do it and there's people that'll take the opposite side of it. Hmm. All right. Time now for better or book it. What do we My got hot streak. Here? My hot streak ended yesterday, uh, one and three yesterday. On uh, I, I got the Western Michigan game right in the zero and three and for night. Sunday night football. Yeah. So we got a couple of bowl games and an NBA game. I want to get your take on. Let's start with Air Force against Louisville. The first bet I made in this college football season was Ole Miss against Louisville because Louisville's defense is trash. Air Force has the number one running offense in the Wait, Air Force. The first well, bet you made on was Ole Miss. Season. Was Ole Miss Louisville? Oh, oh, fading season at yeah, the beginning this of the season. Okay, yeah, I okay. faded Louisville's defense to start the year because I think Louisville's defense is garbage. Right. Malik, Malik Cunningham is a great quarterback, but yes. I love betting on the military academies in bowl games. Right. I got Air Force plus one. I got a running attack against a bad rush defense and a bad defense overall. You can take money line if you want, but I'll take the point. Air Force plus one against Louisville in the first responders bowl, betting it or booking it. We're betting it. Uh, I I like the way you're thinking. I think the move's coming. Um, on it was one and a half. It, it, yeah. it is going. It is going it, towards Air Force. Flipped and 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 there's some picks still left uh, in some places, but I see some minus ones now popping on Air Force. I'm with you. Um, how do you think the game plays to the total? Do we do we see a high scoring game in this one? It just depends on if Air Force busts some big runs. If they get big plays, I. I don't know though, because I think I would lean towards like a 2017 type of football game. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's okay. going to be a lower scoring game than people think. Air Force's defense isn't bad. I mean, I know they've played Mountain West caliber opponents, but they only give up 19 points per game. So okay. Malik Cunningham is everything. He's their whole team. He's an unbelievable right. quarterback, unbelievable, you know, a guy in, in the, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's in the right. same mold. And I mean, he could, he could run wild. He'll be the best athlete on the field. I just need Air Force to not give up big plays in the passing attack. Don't get beat down the field right. and make Louisville go methodically down the field. And I think they have a hard time doing that against Air Force's defense. So I lean a lower scoring type of game. I would lean towards the under on this, but big plays can happen for Air Force in the in the running attack that could bounce that number higher. Okay. I'm I'm surprising. I, I would normally, I mean, I'm always usually leaning towards the under, but this one, I feel like this one could open up and we might see you know, first team to 30 wins, but I mean, you might see both teams in the thirties. This might be one of those 31, 27 type games, 31, 34, something, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood, but I like air force. So we'll, we'll, we'll bet it. All right. That's my thinking for the holiday bowl. All right. Oh, I am going over 60. It's square. It is historic. Yeah. Yeah. It is typical. Yeah. It's public, whatever. Yeah knock you want to make on it go right ahead right this is the number one scoring offense in the first half against the number one scoring offense in the second half ucla and nc state ucla has a Who's ton the second of half? 
NC State. UCLA, second half. Best scoring offense in a country in the second, second half. half? Yeah. Really? UCLA puts up points in the second half. A lot of them in garbage time, but they put up points in the second half. NC State gets off fast. Quick, quick points left right. and right. Okay. A lot of fans coming down from Southern Cal for UCLA. They didn't lose Chip Kelly, so they've got their coach still. They got a bunch of super seniors playing in their last game. I, I think UCLA is live to win this game, but I'm yeah. very concerned about their defense stopping this NC State passing attack. Yeah. Wolfpack, Wolfpack can score and they can score fast. I think it's a 34 31 type game, like you were talking about for Air Force okay. and Louisville. That's my pick here, my bet over 60 UCLA, NC State, betting on or booking it. I'm going to book it um, only because it's exactly the narrative that this it's supposed to go over. Correct. It's exactly <laughs> what is supposed to happen the way you described it. And when I first looked at this thing, I thought the same thing. And then now we get to game day. We get to going later. I think you're right. If you got 60, that's a good number because I think that's creeping up. I think, yeah. we're, I think we're going up. So people listening to the show, if you, if you like to play, bet it now. Um, I'll book it and go under. Thinking that NC State does get the stops or gets a lead enough early and turns UCLA one dimension. If you get UCLA out of having or being able to run the ball, they may get in trouble and this thing may go sideways real quick for them. I would agree. And and that's why I think I would prefer to see NC state get out to a lead and then kind of fall back and let UCLA do whatever they want to do and just yeah. put up points and just kind of garbage time. NC state gets up to gets up 40 to, you know, 15 to 17, whatever, and just let UCLA go down there and have points in the second half and score. And then it, it flies over. So I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, I said 34, 31, but in reality, I think for me to win this thing, it's going to have to be like a crazy shootout, like a 45, 40 type of football game for me to go over. What's like, the it, weather like? Do we need to worry about the weather in San Diego? It's raining today there. It's going to yeah. be raining for this football game. No, not, not, no. 50% chance of rain. Yeah, I looked at this. It's 55. It's 55 and partly cloudy. It's not going to be. Marine layer burns off. You know, Southern Cal. When it rains, it rains in the morning. I know, but I'm not. not I'm just looked at the forecast. The high there today is 53. Right. Low is 46. Yep. It says showers in San Diego right now. Uh, 50%. I'm not worried about the weather. Okay. And And it's Southern Cal rain on top of that. It's not like it's rain, rain. It's Southern Cal rain. I know, but that might mean turnovers and and uh, good and over. Yeah, that oh, might be. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like you think, oh, oh, rain is under. No, rain is over. Over. Rain yeah. is yeah. Rain. Rain is definitely over. Okay. But I still don't think the rain. I, I don't think the weather's going to be a problem. I think I think both teams will be fine uh, with the weather. By the way, it's ten six Auburn down. Yeah. They just got stopped. They fumbled that ball. No, they recovered it. Oh, they fumbled it. Going for it, you know, third and one or fourth and one. Fourth and one, one of short plays. But, I mean, there was so much steam here on Houston on this game. It, it flipped from Auburn minus two to Houston minus two. <laughs> fourth and one. It's a 10-6 game. Auburn with the football driving. I, I was just like saying on Twitter, I was like, man, it sure feels like Auburn money lines the play, given how many people in the content space, everyone was on awesome. Houston today. How do we not know how to do a quarterback sneak? Like Tom Brady's he's, he's still a backup, he's 15 a backup years quarterback. 
Oh, come he on. He's a backup quarterback. Tom Brady does the quarterback sneak better than anybody. He gets it and goes down low yep. every time. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen Brady get stuffed. This kid took the snap and stood up. Yeah. He got crushed. No wonder <laughs> why they were trying to rip the ball. He's like six foot four. Just get low. Get low. Yeah. I mean, Finley's not a very, TJ Finley's not a good quarterback. I mean, that's, oh, man. that's why that's why he was getting beat up by Bo Nix, who now is going to Oregon of all things. So they had a bunch of opt-outs, a bunch of players, but this game's a home game in Birmingham. It's a sellout crowd in the Birmingham bowl. And I mean, it, have it's you big, ever been to this bowl game? I've been to the iron bowl in Birmingham. I've been to old Legion field. This game used to be played at Legion field. This is a brand new football stadium built on the campus of UAB. Okay. So I've never, this just opened like they two months ago, two bowl games in yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. Cause of the, cause of this, the, that was part of the whole thing though. Like we're going to build this football stadium Uh-oh. for UAB, but we're getting like, we're getting bowl game. We're getting a bunch of stuff coming in here and oh. they made it easily on fourth and one. So Auburn converts and they're driving. Uh, yeah, that's why. So it was, it was because okay. of the opportunities to do stuff like this. And if at either Alabama or Auburn were ever eligible, like this is a home run to have Auburn in this game. I mean, half these kids are from within an hour of Birmingham. So like oh, this is a huge deal huge for Auburn to play in this bowl game. And that's why, I mean, I used to cover Auburn in the SEC and been to Birmingham a bunch of times. And I was just kind of like, are we so sure you guys, I know like opt outs and whatnot, but like I was very, I didn't bet this game, but I was very, Surprised to see the number of people who were all over Houston today. They were just in love <laughs> with Houston today. I was like, oh, guys. I was like, I don't know. I've seen this. These kids are going to play hard in front of their friends and family here in Birmingham. And Houston's traveling. And, you know, yeah, it's a bowl game. It's a chance to beat an SEC school. But Auburn is still Auburn in a lot of ways. All right. One more to go here. Uh, Mobley's playing. And it sounds like Ingram is out for New Orleans. Ooh. I'm going to jump on the Cavs here at minus four and a half up against the New Orleans Pelicans. You want a better book at NBA game with COVID and injuries all over the place and with these two teams, man, the sharp side is the Pelicans. Oh. This line has come down. It's down to three. Woo. Yeah. So um, do we go against all these, you know, rhombuses and, Parallelograms. That's my <laughs> name for all the sharps and the, and the squares and everything else. The words use. Um, I yes, will yes, three and a half at Fanduel. Yeah, yeah, I I I will I will book it just okay. based on that. But again, don't take that as a reason to not play it. Like these things happen all the time, where they try to make these plays and they get the number, they get the best number. And then Cleveland wins by 10. I think the thinking when I looked this morning, I was like, wow, Cleveland's a road favorite after blowing out a G League team in Toronto. I mean, they were at home, but they played the the Raptors who had the bare minimum number of guys. Half of them, they just signed on the bus ride over and (laughs) and they won by 50. It was like whatever it was. 144.99. Okay. So 45 points, you, you fade them the next game. That's just an old school thing. And I know that's probably why they played it. And now somebody's out, somebody's in. I don't know. I'll book it. I don't like it. 
<laughs> so you yeah. like it. You like my bet, but you don't like the fact that you don't I, that you're booking it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, <laughs> I have, I have to book it. Like yesterday I, I should have booked the teaser, but like, I just hated booking the teasers for so long that like last night I was like, cause I really liked Miami in the game. I really did. Like that was the concern when we asked, I asked you the question, which beats us. It was the side, not the total. Yep. And which is that, normally the opposite of what beats me in teasers. Normally it's the total. That it's the total me. that gets you. Yeah. But yeah. I, but that was my concern. Like when you, when, when the graphic flashed up and you said, all right, plus nine and under 43, I was like, they could play this game three times. They're not scoring more than 43 points like that. I knew. So again, we got the right number. We're booking it, but Cleveland's the hottest team in the NBA. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll leave you with, with, with this. Are the Cavs a good bet to win the East? They're 42 to one to win the Eastern conference. Plus 4,200 plus 4,200 for the hottest team in the East. Not the whole, not to beat the, not to beat the Western conference, not to go ahead and beat the warriors just to win the East. The Cavaliers are 42 to one. There's nothing more than I would like to see than Brooklyn not win the East. How in the hell are they going to beat Brooklyn in a seven game series? Injuries. I mean, I mean, it's a 42 to one flyer. So it's like, I mean, it's 42 to one to win the East, depending on the matchup. And if they have home court, they're going to win the first series that they play. And now we can work off of 42 to one. We can do a lot of things with that. A lot of things with that. It's not one of the worst bets you've ever come up with. That's for sure. I just, when I go to these to win the East or to like, they have to beat Brooklyn or Milwaukee in a seven game series, not all around a possibility and anybody can get hurt. Anybody with COVID. I mean, who knows where, who knows where we're going to be when this comes up, you know, as far as the NBA and stuff. I mean, hopefully not in a bubble and not, in, but whatever. 42 to one is not a bad bet for a team as, as good as Cleveland is right now. I mean, I, they're not going away. They're, dare I say, like they're the Knicks, but better. Like last year, the Knicks and the Hawks took that step, right? Last mm-hmm. year in the East and made the playoffs. The Hawks actually won a playoff series. That could be this year's Cavs. And you get them at 42 to one right now. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. They're a hundred to one to win it all. A hundred to one. And they're, and it's like, people are still, I feel like they're sleeping still. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're good. They're a good team. They're, they're, they're good, but they, they can't win it all. How are they going to win no. it all? No, 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 no. But I'm just saying like, it's just, that's why it's hundred to one or 42 to one. That's why the East bet is a better bet because it's 42 to one. And, you know, worry about Steph Curry or anybody from, from the West you know, beating you, just, you know, get through the East, which is not going to be easy. I'm not saying it's an easy thing to go through Brooklyn or Milwaukee, but I don't know. I'm not in love with Milwaukee this year. Reigning champs often have a tough time repeating. Yep. And, and Brooklyn is, well, I mean, I don't know what to make of them. They're getting Kyrie Irving back. He cleared protocols today. He'll play. They have three home games. He plays, I think the 9th of January, I think it's the first time Kyrie plays on the road. But that might mess the whole thing up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Getting Kyrie back is a good thing for them. I'm just glad that, like, we're going to get, like, the NBA finals are probably going to be spectacular because it's going to be Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and it's going to be Phoenix or Golden State, at least right now. But I right. think the roads to get there are going to be fun. 
The West is so loaded. The East is live. Like I like the thinking and not making it the championship and just doing the East because, I mean, Philly's down. Um, Boston's down. Boston is down. Um, uh, who else is good? The Knicks are down. If they Hawks. make the finals, it's a huge, awesome hedge opportunity. If they make it just one, they need to win one, and then you can start to hedge, and you can guarantee yourself profit. At 42 to 1, you got room to work. So it's not, again, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I like the way you're thinking in January, talking about June for NBA finals. It's good. Best thing about today is what? Football? It's a fantastic day. It is, it's, it's the way they're spaced out and, and stuff like that. But we started uh, here at the house yesterday, Big Consig and Little Consig, Kylie and Kelsey, who are 10 years apart, because of our um, movie watching and seeing the Spider Man. They decided to go on a binge watch of all the Spider Man movies from the beginning because cool. they had seen them. So I had yesterday. The 18-year-old teenager and the eight-year-old, soon-to-be eight-year-old, she's still seven, but sitting on a couch making popcorn and watching. They got four movies in yesterday. Wow. That's vacation. That's vacation. That's vacation. So we got a movie watching binge going on. Daddy's up watching the TV, staying out of everybody's hair, watching football nonstop. And um, that is the best thing about today. This family time during vacation. He's awesome. It's the best. I haven't left the house since the 23rd of December. <laughs> Did you not go to the movies then yesterday? No, we didn't. We didn't go to the movies yesterday. <laughs> Madeline pulled the plug, said, I don't want to go. So I was like, all right. It was so windy and crazy outside. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm getting. Did, I, mean, I picked up my garbage can down almost another block away. The yeah, it was wind crazy. has been mile 60 mile per hour wind gusts yesterday. It was like, okay, this is crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you don't want to go outside. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I, I go train today. So I'm, I'm, I have to go out today, but yeah, I, I'm not left the house. It's currently, it's the 29th, right? I, I haven't left the house in, in five, six days. Yeah. <laughs> so it's beautiful. I love this. This is, this is a, a, a glorious time of the year. It's a lot of fun, you know, Madeline's vacation until for the next, you know, next week. And then the rude awakening when they go back to school, <laughs> which I used to. When do you start friend. to like, like, I hate to tell them on Saturday night, like go to bed early because that's Friday. Sunday. Yeah. I, do it I, Friday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's significant it's touchdown awesome. Auburn, by the way. Boy, here comes Auburn. Told you, watch out for Auburn. Here we go. <laughs> Auburn takes the lead. Uh, but I, yeah, to me, it's Friday. I, 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 you have to start weaning my kid into the idea because she, she's going to bed and getting up. Like, I don't know what has happened on this vacation, but we talked about it before. Like, she doesn't sleep in, she's now sleeping in. And so, like, she's going to bed at 9 30, 10, and she's getting up at 8 30, which oh. is really rare. So, like, oh. The so whole call on Monday morning is going to be terrible. That 645 wake up call on Monday morning is going to be worst. awful. She's going to be an absolute beast. So <laughs> I do need to wean it in, you know, 730, you know, the, fr- eight, the first yeah. week back uh, off the winter break is borderline, maybe the worst week of the year as far as the school. it is so brutal because it's been so much fun and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And it's like, all right, back to reality. Everybody up. You know, start to <laughs> let's get up, get your hair ready, brush your teeth, try to eat something and get them off the school. It's terrible. Oh, Absolutely terrible. That's not the best thing about today. 
If you are listening to this, make sure you go subscribe to the Props YouTube channel so you guys know when we're live. If you're watching it live, hit subscribe. If you guys are listening, make sure you hit subscribe as well on Apple or wherever you get this podcast every single weekday, 10 to 11-ish plus-ish, as we say. It's the Boston Universe of the Book. For Dave Sherpin, I'm Matt Peralta. Back tomorrow on a Wednesday. We will talk to you then.